create a kind of Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Our chief weapon is surprise. Surprise and fear. Fear and surprise are two weapons. Our fear and surprise and ruthless efficiency are three weapons. Our fear and surprise and ruthless efficiency and an almost fanatical devotion to the Pope are four. No. <laughs> Amongst our weapons. Amongst our weaponry are such elements as fear. Surpri I'll come in again. <laughs> I didn't expect a kind of Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Amongst our weaponry are such diverse elements as fear, surprise, ruthless efficiency, and almost fanatical devotion to the Pope and nice red uniform. Oh, But they are expecting the Glover's Inquisition. The heart is a bloom Shoots up through the stony ground There's no room No space to win in this town You're out of luck And the reason that you had to care The traffic is stuck Yes, it's time for another Glover's Inquisition. You thought you found fair. It's the show where we find out what makes our players tick. Someone you can lend a hand in return for grace. It's a beautiful. and welcome to Glover's Inquisition and who's in the hot seat tonight well it's our Irish friend Dale Gorman well good evening Dale thanks for coming on the show really appreciate it um, basically uh, what we do is we have a chat about your career and uh, we go through that step by step and then eventually we get on to some rather mundane questions like what car do you drive what's your favorite clothes what's your favorite film that sort of stuff yeah. okay yeah yeah right well you were born on the 28th of june 1996 and you're a northern ireland professional footballer who plays as a midfielder for yeovil town well there we go we know that now but um looking back to your hometown club letter kenny rovers um yeah can you remember much about signing on for them how did it go i well um i uh, i actually played for played for another young team uh, when i was when i was really young i played for a team called Glencar, which was sort of my local area yeah um and then the, the town that i live in is obviously called letter kenny um and when you got to when I got to a certain age, um, the Glen Carr team I was playing for they stopped they stopped at under twelves I think it was yeah uh, so 
then obviously I moved on to Letterkenny Rovers then um, and yeah I've been uh, I was playing for them up until I was 16 so yeah not uh, I remember a lot about it and obviously I was playing first team football over there at 15 so um, yeah it, 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 like obviously the, the standard obviously wasn't wasn't immaculate or nothing but that um, that physical side of things I learned that very very quickly at, at a young age you know but you you must have realised that, that, that being in the first team at 15 albeit not not a, you know not a league side but uh, things were looking pretty good from the point of view of of managed to play play professional football yeah well that was um, that was something as a kid I always wanted to do um, and obviously as you as you get older you start you start improving you start picking out the, your your strengths and weaknesses um, and um, just lucky enough one day I was one, in, one day I was playing for my county um, I guess another county and uh, there was a scout there from Northern Ireland um, the Northern Ireland setup, and uh, he invited me to come down and train and see how see how it went mm. um, I went there and um, just sort of headed off with a bang really I just done really well fitted in nicely and um, obviously started playing for Northern Ireland then at uh, international level and um, I mean, when you start doing that, it's 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 in your it's in your own shoes. Then, where you either want it or you don't want it. And um, thankfully, I got the chance then to go. Uh, I actually went to Stevenage, um, and I was there for maybe two days. And then they offered me a contract. And I mean, obviously, I'm not one of them to to go out looking elsewhere. So I was I was um, I was really happy and really pleased to be offered what I dreamed as as a kid. Um, to get that chance and it didn't really matter what club um, I was going to do that I was going to do it anyway yeah so the, the, the Northern Ireland involvement that was the under 17 side was it uh, no we started off with under 16s uh, under 16s was it yeah um, under 16 victory yeah and you had well, according to because I'm going by the Bible which is Wikipedia and we all know they're never right but um, yeah. according to them you played seven times for the under 17 does that sound right I that would have been probably correct, yeah. Yeah, well, what makes you change then? <laughs> um, right. So, so you ended up at Stevenage, and uh, now when you were at Stevenage, did uh, or was Darren Sowell, uh involved at Stevenage at that point? Yeah, um, he was my youth team manager. Um, so I'd done a two-year scholarship with him, and then I moved up to the first team. Um, and the first team manager at the time was Teddy Sheringham, um, yeah. but then. Uh, around February time then uh, that season um, Darren got the job as interim manager until the end of the season right um, so so yeah I suppose um, he was involved he was involved throughout my whole Stevenage career anyway um, up until obviously he got um, relieved of his duties and someone else came in and and uh, I left that, that that summer anyway, so um, yeah, I suppose he was part of my Stevens journey, all right. So, how, how did you find playing for a Man United legend then? Oh, it was brilliant. I mean, my um, my, uh, my father's a Man United fan, so it probably meant a lot more to him than <laughs> to me. He was asking <laughs> yeah. asking me loads of questions and stuff, you know. But um, not. I oh, listen. He's a, a great a great human, and um, he had a great career, and he, he's a great role model for. For obviously me as a young lad um, and it, it was one of them where you're 
you were sort of starstruck at the start, but gradually it just becomes normality. And um, no, it was it was good. It was a good experience. I didn't, uh, obviously, I was really young myself, so um, you obviously you're a bit naive as a youngster, and you think that you should be playing. And but that year, I was it was it was great for me because I got to got to be. I got to be, I was involved in every single game, you know, yeah. whether it be on the bench, coming on, playing. Um, but I learned a lot that year, going to going to different grounds, playing against different teams. You know, the fans, yeah, booing you, celebrating with the fans. You know, as a, as a youngster, that was that was something that I that I got into me, um, and I'm grateful for that experience at that age because um, when when I did when I did take my opportunity and to get in the team um, and took it, I was sort of. I was sort of ready for it in that department of the the outside world, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, quite. Time for some music now, and this week, by way of a change, Dale's left me to pick the music, which is perhaps his first big mistake, but uh, we'll see how we get on. So we're going to start with Night Birds by Shakata.
was the sound of Shack Attack there and Nightbird. Okay, so you played 62 games according to this for Stevenage, which is not bad in a three-year spell, especially bearing in mind, what would you be then, about sort of 18, 17, 18? Uh, no, I was... Um, I, th I think I played about 62 league games. Yeah. Um, so they, they don't take in the cups um, or nothing like that. So I'd say I probably did about 75, 80 games for Stevenage. Yeah. Um, um, and no, I, I broke into the team when I was 20. 20, properly. right, yeah. 20 properly, um, you know, playing playing every week and stuff. So, mm. um, no, it was good. It was a great experience. And I, I, I loved playing for Stevenage and made some great friends there. And uh, obviously I'm grateful for them because that's that's where I started my career. Yeah. Um, professionally, you know. And uh, look, it, it was one of them where I was probably a bit young then. Um, my game wasn't developed, and yeah, you, you know you're inconsistent, and um, just just looking back at it now, you know, it, if I was in that position now, it would be a lot, it would be a lot different because you obviously have that experience under your belt, and mm. um, I think I think that's what I think that's why you know as, as as young as young players when they come through, I think that that's uh, that's the um, that's the thing people people don't see, you know, it's it's not. It's not easy as a young lad coming in and no. being consistent and playing well and standing out. You know that's that's the that's the um, that's the hard thing to do. And the, and the one the ones that do that, they they seem to go go on further and further because they're consistent at that at that young age. You know. So, so going back to to Stevenage though, or in particular going back to Darren Sarr, I mean he must have been by your side during this period of time, which I suppose, from the point of view of experience now at Yeovil, um, you 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 obviously you knew him, and, and it was easy to sort of slot into Yeovil, I presume. Oh no, of course it was. Um, I mean, when I got the when I got the call from Darren to um, to to ask me um, about. Was I interested in stuff like that? It was a no-brainer for me because mm. you know people go on about the size of the club and stuff. But I mean, let's let's have it right. Yeovil's a, Yeovil's a big, big football club, and especially in this league. Mm. Um, and, and for me to get the chance to to work with Darren again at a big football club with with expectation, um, that's what I wanted as a player. And um, no, it was like I said, it was a no-brainer because. Um, I got the chance to come back over to England, which is the most important thing, um, and play my football. Um, and uh, also, I got the chance to link up with with Darren again, which is which is um, something that I, I wanted to do. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so, during this this period of time, you were still obviously playing for Northern Ireland under whatever it might be at the time, nineteen, twenty, yeah, twenty one, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I was playing for Northern Ireland um, from 16s to 21s. Had some, had some massive games with the 21s. You know, that's like you go to. Uh, and go to I, and I see. Games. Sorry, I, I see your dad um, played for Finn Harp. So, was it inevitable that you were going to be a footballer? Do you think, with your dad being a professional uh, well, footballer? Well, he, he he played for Finn Harp when he was coming to the end of his career. He he had uh, he had his main spell of his career at Linfield, who are probably the biggest club in Ireland. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, he, he he obviously had a career there, and he had a very good career in Ireland. To be fair, and he won a lot of medals. I think for his fiftieth birthday there, we got we got um, all his medals done up in in like a frame. Yeah, I think he had something like twenty seven medals. So 
Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what level of football you're playing at, to get that sort of self-aware, yeah. um, something something you should be proud of. Like, so football obviously ran very deep in your in your family. Then that's for sure. With that sort of a, a record uh, behind uh, you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm surprised you say Linfield. I I thought that. Um, well, there was a few, but Glen Torren was one that certainly sprang to mind. And um, Water, I know is Water, well, Waterford Southern League, isn't it, or Southern Ireland, yeah, I should say. Yeah, yeah. He he um, he done he done his two year scholarship at Mansfield. Yeah. Um, over in England, and then he went back to Ireland and went to Waterford, um, Sligo, Finharps, uh, Coleraine, Linfield, um, Coleraine again, Finharps again. Um, you know he had a, he had a he had a good career, really good career over there, and he was he was pro- he was unlucky a lot of times from what I hear that you know deals fell through over in England, and, um, because he, he's a uh, he's obviously got a really good name for himself in Ireland, and I think it was something something he always wanted to do was to play in England and play professional football in England. So yeah. for me to have this for me to have this opportunity, I mean he must be. Um, he must be must be proud like and um it's something that i never take for granted because um i know how much i know how much people like that there it means to them so i mean you can never take it for granted and i think i think a lot of people do take it for granted and yeah that's why that's why they end up um that's why they end up not performing and not um I think I can think of eleven players that play in red that haven't been taking it for granted for too much lately as well. Exactly, exactly that. <laughs> but um, but having said that, I mean, it must have been great, you know, as a as a young footballer to be able to turn to your dad and, you know, I'm sure he would have probably come across any potential problem in his career that you might have come across, and you know, he would be there to give you that advice that you needed, which from from a a, a young professional's point of view, must have been a godsend, wasn't it? I absolutely. It was like you said, it, it was it, it was always something that I could do. You still there? You've gone all quiet. Oh no, sorry. I was saying that he. It was always one of them where I could go and talk to him about things and um, advice about things, but especially when you know you go speak to a manager or you're in a situation where you're not playing and um, and obviously to have that advice from someone that that's played football, obviously. Yeah, it helps you a lot with your because some some that that's not easy for some for some people to go go and speak to the manager face to face and um and and thankfully I was I had a I had enough in me at that at that age to do them things um maybe 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 not all, always the right things were said but you know it's it's something that you need to definitely um definitely be advised right to do and uh, yeah. thankfully I had that I thankfully I had that um, sort of know how. And uh, advice, like you said, it. Do you think you could have coped with talking to Fergie had it ever occurred? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I'd probably give it a go, but <laughs> probably um, he probably put me in the face, like. <laughs> yeah. More music now, and this time we've got the Sal Soul Orchestra and Runaway. <laughs>
Soul Song Orchestra and run away. Well, we'll move on to 2018 now when you left Stevenage and you went to Leighton Orient. Um, how did that yeah. come about and what did you make of it? Um, well, I was 
when I was playing for Stevenage um, that season, um, I wasn't playing coming up to Christmas time. Um, I, I came out of the team, um, and Leighton Orient tried to try to take me on loan, um, and Stevenage turned that down. Um, and coming towards the end of the, the year, I made up my mind probably about February that I wanted to move on um, and, and have a new challenge. Um, so when the new manager came in, I just said to him straight away, I said, listen, this is nothing against you. Um, I want to have a new challenge. Um, I think it's best for me at this age to go and um, try something different. So that was okay. I, I went um, I went away. But but I was unfortunate enough that when I when I had that chat two days later, I broke my broke my ankle against Coventry. Yeah. Um, so I was in a cast. So I mean, I, I backed myself a lot, which a lot of people wouldn't do. Um, and to just leave with a broken ankle and have nothing lined up. Um, but thankfully, um, Justin Edinburgh at, at Leonard, he always liked me and he always wanted to bring me to, to his club. And thankfully, when I, when I popped up with, available as a free agent, um, they, they jumped in straight away and uh, we got the business done. And um, such a great club to, to go and play your football at. Uh, great football history and great expectation from the fans. And, and thankfully, thankfully, the year I did go, um, it, it wasn't the best personally. Um, coming back from a broken ankle and missing all that pre-season um, I never really got up to got up to my um, got up to my potential and got up to my you know your match fitness and because it, it's you don't understand it when you're out for so long and you come back and you miss a lot of pre-season and games and you get thrown straight into a league game it's it's not easy and no. obviously I was only 20, I was only 21 at the time as well and there was sort of a lot of there was a lot of expectation on me because I was the only signing that season, you know, um, and there was always eyes on me coming back from this ankle, thinking, "Hurry up, and we need you back." And yeah, uh, but it did it, it didn't go terribly for me. I, I mean, I done well that season, done all right that season. I wouldn't, I didn't stand out. I didn't stand out for me bad or good. Um, I just done my job, you know, and um, and I mean, we we won the league, so. Um, it was a it was a great year, um, great year on on the pitch and um, from it for your obviously career on your on your CV. But um, it was a year that probably looking back at, um, I was I was very unlucky just to just to sort of have that year because it was it wasn't easy coming back from uh, it was such a bad injury like that. Hmm. Um, it definitely took me time though. Yeah, quite, and of course, very tragic that. Uh just in Edinburgh passed so early when you know so young as well yeah yeah no that, that was obviously a, that was a travesty like you know and yeah um, it's it's something that obviously I never really want to encounter again but uh, it's a lesson it's um, it's life unfortunately well, you know I, that's that's it you know and yeah it's just it's just one of them things you do that's obviously it's not nice and no. there's not really much words you can say about it no it's not that's right um, so then you moved on uh, on loan down to Newport County for eight games or eight or nine games according to this yeah um, but then obviously over back across the uh, Irish Sea to Glen Torren now again how did that come about um, um, well uh, I went to Newport loved it there um, really enjoyed my football there and really get on with it, with everyone at the club um, and the plan was I, I was going to sign for Newport um, after my deal was up with Orient so the deal was up with Orient and we were talking and talking and 
Um, we're talking and the, the the talks. The basically basically what happened was they needed to get the player out to get me in, um, and that didn't end up happening due to COVID. Um, and I sort of put all my eggs in one basket with Newport, and it wasn't it wasn't looking good for coming back over to England. And um, I was turning down a few few contract offers in Ireland because it, it's not something I, I ever wanted to do was play football in Ireland, you know. So, um, but then it came to a stage Eddie, where you know that you've got no income for two three months and. You ain't got a real, you ain't really got a choice now. So uh, I got offered the contract, and it was a last offer basis, and that's the reason I went back to Ireland. But um, it's the biggest regret of my career up to date, like you know. Really? Why? Why was uh, that then? I mean, what? What? What sort of made it? Well, the the um, the manager and assistant um, for the club they had no respect for me. Um, I didn't really have any respect for them. Um, we just didn't get along, and I mean that that's football, but. Them, the two of them, the two of them uh, men are just—they're uh, just not my cup of tea, Eddie. And it just—it was never going to work out. They never wanted yeah. me to do well. Um, took a disliking to me, um, and it, it was just—it was just a horrible year, um, um, horrible year of football on on the pitch and off the pitch, um, because it, it takes it out of you when you're when you're somewhere that you. Um, you don't want to be there and they don't want you there so um, yeah quite it's not the best is it nah, nah it's, it's not the best not. so then so that was that took us to 2021 which is like now or fairly close yeah. um uh, tell, tell me about coming to Oval and obviously Darren Sarr must have come over and or got in touch with somehow how did it all come about yeah well I, I still had a year left with um Glenn Thorne um but Darren obviously I wanted out with Glenn Thorne and uh Darren rung me. Um, Darren rung me and says he wants me to sign and he'd love me to sign and um, it was something that I wanted to get done, Eddie, um, as soon as possible because, like I said, the big club, um, the chance to get back to England again, um, the chance to work for Darren again, and uh, also, I mean, you're you're coming to a club with ambition and um, pressure, and that's what that's what as a footballer, especially, I want to I want to do, you know. So yeah, um, it was a no-brainer for me, Eddie, and. It, and I know a lot of people, a lot of players and stuff will say that cliche word in, a, in an interview, but um, it couldn't have been any more of a no-brainer for me to, to come to Yeovil and play for Yeovil, you know. Well, let's hope with a bit of luck that uh, playing for Yeovil, you can get us back up to the Championship where we were. <laughs> I hope so. Be good. It will be good. I'll never forget that day at Wembley. What a day. Unbelievable. Day. I mean, Paddy Madden, another Irishman, of course scored the yeah. first goal and you know so early on it put everybody's nerves at rest to a degree and uh, oh, it was a great day great day and, and yeah. you know and then the following season we had some great days as well you know going to places like Blackburn and Birmingham and oh, I don't know I can't think of half the times we went to now but Wigan and it was great no it was great so it would be lovely to get us back up there that's for sure so uh, you know your task it's all been written in the stars Uh, Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) More music now, and this time we've got Tramps and Hold Back the Night.
the night there and tramps okay well this is where we get to the spanish inquisition um if you actually listen to the show you'll hear my improvisation i've got on the front of it it's uh i don't know if you know you probably would be almost too young i suppose to, did you ever watch monty python's flying circus no nah, i never watched that oh dear me dear me your education is sadly <laughs> lacking my boy uh, well basically there's a bit in there where he goes I didn't expect the Spanish Inquisition and suddenly nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition and then he goes on it's really funny but anyway so this is where it comes to you now so full name is Dale is it just Dale Gorman Dale uh, Anthony Gorman right and you place of birth Uh, Derry where sorry Derry Derry yeah yeah um Date of birth, I've got that here somewhere, I think. Haven't I got that here? 28th of June, 1996. 28th of June, 1996, yeah. Right, next question. Have you got any brothers and sisters? Yes, I have two brothers. Who are called? Second Joel. Right, and a sister? Got a sister? No sisters. No sisters, right. Are you married? No, no, I have no, uh, no partner. No, right, okay. Um, where did you spend the majority of your childhood? Uh, in Letterkenny right um, did, good memories of that great aye, great memories I loved it I loved it there right? yeah yeah um, ok so now we come on to more football orientated questions um, who would you say is the best boss you've played under uh, Darren Sarr 100% 100% right well that's good enough for me um, what about the best ground that you've ever played at Best ground I've ever played at. Um, I would probably say Fratton Park. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved being there. Um, the best manager you've ever worked with. Well, I suspect you're going to come back and say Darren Sarr again, aren't you? On that one. I de- oh, definitely, definitely Darren oh, yeah. Sarr. 
Um, what about the best player you've ever played with? Joby Mackinoff. Right. What, the one that played for Reading, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and what about the best player that you've played against? Best player I've played against? Um, I would probably say Adrian, Adrian Rabiot. Right. Um, he plays for Juventus. Yeah. How come you played against him then? I played against him for France. F- for who, sorry? France. I played against them for Northern Ireland against. Oh France. right, yeah, yeah, got you. International yeah. one, yeah. Um, yeah. Who's your best mate in football? Uh, Tom Conlon. Right. Um, Captain of Portfield. Okay, so moving on, uh, the more general ones now. Um, what's your favourite holiday destination? Um, Marbella. Marbella, right. What car do you drive? Um, I just have an Audi A1. Right. Um, what car would you like to own if money was no object? Uh, probably a Range Rover Sport. Oh, no, 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 no. You want a Mercedes, my boy. The, the class that it oozes in it shows that the class oozes from the man as well. You've got to get a Mercedes. Well, I'll get a Mercedes next time, maybe just for you. Yeah, right, just for me. Um, right, where are we? Clothes. What, what? What's your favourite clothes? Are you a sort of a t-shirt and, and jeans man, or a tracksuit, or what? I, um, no, I, I like. Uh, well, day to day, I'd be you know nice tracks, tracksuits. Um, but um, going out, going out and about for meals and uh, dinner and stuff, um, I would like to obviously have a have a bit of a bash here, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dedicated follower of fashion, then obviously. Right now, then this is going to tax your brain now. Favourite film? Favourite film? Um, I would probably say Lone Survivor. Don't know it, but there we go. Um, film, favourite film star, male? Favourite, what's that? Favourite male film star? Uh, probably Mark Wahlberg. Right. And favourite film uh, film star, female? I don't even know any. Not, can't even come, none come to the head. All right, well, no worry. It's not a hanging offence if you can't answer them all. Uh, what's your favourite TV show? Um, favourite TV show? Uh, I um, well, the, 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 my favourite my favourite TV series really would be um, Line of Duty. Yeah, can't argue with that one. Um, now, when it comes to TV, again, favourite TV star? Favourite TV star? Um, there we go. Um, I don't know, Eddie. Okay, leave it. Let it go, it's alright, it's not a problem. More music now, and this time it's Chaz and Dave. And ain't no pleasing you.
Chaz and Dave there, and ain't no pleasing you. Uh, any uh, fem- uh, female TV star? I uh, I don't know. Right. Like, you obviously don't watch telly much, and you know. At the end I, of watch, the... I watch. I watch series more than than telly. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you do after a game, as a rule? What do I do after a game? Yeah, I mean, you know, do you go home and chill out? Do you go out for a meal, out for a drink? What? If obviously, if we have a, if we have a Tuesday game, um, I would never, never go out. I would come back and recover from. No. Get ready for Tuesday, obviously. Um, if if we obviously have a Saturday, Saturday, um, I normally try and get up to Mumedity quite often. Um, he lives up in up near Portfield, obviously, because he plays up there. So. Yeah. Um, I always try and get up as much as I can to see him, you know. Yeah. Um, but now the the um, the old uh, the old party party lifestyle uh, <laughs> that's sort of that's sort of fading away with me and getting a bit old. Yeah. Um, that was that was something I used to enjoy when I was nineteen twenty. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, you've moved on a bit now. A few a few pints in the pubs more me now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And out in my nightclub crack. Um. Okay, right. What's your favourite food? 
uh, Italian food. Okay, and your favourite drink? Uh, what what kind of drink? Say that again. Sorry, I missed it. What is it? Maybe like a alcoholic drink or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, no, just anything. You know, ranging from sort of orange juice to, you know, oh, okay, malt um, whiskey. I'll probably say coffee. Coffee, right? Okay. Um, yeah. Have you got any hobbies? I I love uh, golfing, Eddie. Yeah, right. So you're a bit of golf bandit on the golf course, then, are you? Uh, well, I wouldn't say I'm, I wouldn't say I'm too good now, but I'm I uh, I give it give it a hundred percent anyway. Yeah, yeah, I can tell that by the way you talk to me. Um, right, there's a few either ors here now. Um, Coke right. or Pepsi? Coke. Mercedes or BMW? Mercedes. Um, Apple Mac or PC? Apple Mac. Beer or lager? Beer or lager? What's the difference? Um, <laughs> that's a good question, I suppose. I couldn't tell you what, man. I mean, lager's, lager's usually lighter, isn't it, to a sense, but... Um, uh, uh, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go beer, then. Right, OK. Steak or curry? Uh, steak. Right. Um, apart from golf, do you play any other sports? Um... No, not really, not. No, okay. Um, now, this ne- the next few of these questions, you've got to use a bit of imagination here, okay? Um, yeah. You can, uh, the question is, who would you like to meet, dead or alive? So what I'm saying is, okay. there is, it, you know, it doesn't matter who it is, it doesn't matter whether they're dead or whether they're alive, it's just whether you would have liked to have met them or be able to meet them if they're alive still. Yeah. Um, my Gascoigne. What, Paul Gascoigne? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, right. Next one. Um, you're going to have a dinner party, okay? And you can yeah. invite five guests to make it a really good dinner party, um, and they can be dead or alive. So, give me five guests that you want to come to your dinner party. Um, Tom Conlon. Yeah. George Best. Yeah. Gascoigne. Yeah. And um oh, did I go over here? Do you want some suggestions? Alright, go on. Muhammad Ali, um Nelson Mandela, Margaret Thatcher, um Del Boy, um I uh, will go we'll go uh we'll go Del Boy. Don't worry, that's four. You want one more than old dog? Um, obviously myself. Right, okay. Um, after football ends, um, yeah. you know, career-wise, uh, any ideas? You want to be a manager, coach, what exactly? Um, well, I, I love I love football, really, and I've, I've got a passion for football, so it's definitely something that I would probably want to stay in. Um, yeah. Whether whether it be coaching, managing, I'm not sure what what that. But I, I definitely um, plan to do my badges, uh, coaching right. badges. So I have uh, I have something obviously that I can I can stay in football. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised because you know I did 15 years at Yeovil, and although I wasn't a player, um, 
I found it really hard when I finished. I really did. Um, and, you know, yeah. it was the, the banter, just mixing with the lads. It, it was, the, and you know, we had some we had some great times during my period there. And uh, it is yeah. hard to suddenly go away from that. It you know it becomes a way of life, doesn't it? Really. And you know, each weekend, you know, your mood at the weekend depends on what how the weekend goes. Really. Last musical track now. This one's called uh, Tonight I Feel Like Dancing and it's Mavis Staples.
Mavis Staples there, and tonight I feel like dancing. Uh, right, moving on. Uh, if you had to share a taxi with someone out of this particular bunch, who would you go for? First of all, one is a celebrated Man United supporter, two is a rather drunk scouser, or three, a bookie who's just lost the lot. Uh, probably my native fan. Yeah, good for you. Um, now the next one out of this lot, which would you want to watch the most? George Best, Jimmy Greaves, Maradona, or Bobby Moore? Uh, probably Maradona. Maradona, right? We're getting near the end now, mate. So don't worry. Um, yeah. Which would you choose if uh, if you'd the wife had taken some tickets to to take you to a West End musical, but you'd got some tickets to see a Simply Red concert, and the boys had got a session down the pub that night. Which one would you go for? Straight to the boys. <laughs> Good job you're not married, mate. That's all I can say. <laughs> I know. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be saying that if I was married. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely job. Okay, well, that's more or less it, Dale. Thank you very much for doing that. And, and you know, more to the point, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we like to do it because, A, I enjoy doing them, and, B, it gives the supporters a little bit more of an insight into you, the player, that they don't really know, and all they see is, you know, out on yeah. the pitch sort of thing. So uh, we hope it helps yeah. to uh, improve sort of relationships between the fans and the players. Yeah, no worries, is it? Good. Well, thanks ever so much, mate, and um, best of luck on the weekend. Um, nice little trip up to Birmingham tomorrow, but that's not too far, I suppose, by normal standards, anyway. Nah, we'll uh, we'll give it we'll give it a bash tomorrow, and hopefully we come out on the right side of it. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I, I said to Darren Sal at the at the press conference, you know, I felt that just maybe the last three or four results that you'd kind of turn a corner away, uh, and he said, "Well, oh, I don't think we we had a turn to a corner to turn," um, but I, I just felt that you know your two mammoth games against Weymouth, which you know were, were difficult, really. I mean, you were the better side both times, but you know it took a while to to, to impose your superiority on them. And, of course, then you had to go to Grimsby, which you're a bit unlucky, really, there, by all accounts. I didn't actually go, but uh, I've seen some of the footage of it. And then, of course, you had a good win over Woking. So I, I feel now that you're right on the track now to start moving up the table. So hopefully you can. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. And hopefully, we can, like you said, we can just keep keep adding points and, and hopefully you know, players start coming back from injuries and we have a full-strength squad for once and give yeah. it a go. Make all the difference, won't it? Exactly. Okay. Well, have a good weekend, uh, Dale, and thanks ever so much for coming on. Really appreciate it, and uh, I'm no doubt I'll bump into you again at some stage up at Hewish Park. Eddie, no worries. Thanks a lot, mate. Speak to you soon. We're the kind of Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> our chief weapon is surprise. Surprise and fear. Fear and surprise. Our two weapons are fear and surprise and ruthless efficiency. Our three weapons are fear and surprise and ruthless efficiency and an almost fanatical devotion to the Pope. Our four. No. <laughs> Amongst our weapons. Amongst our weaponry are such elements as fear. Surprise. I'll come in again. I didn't expect a kind of Spanish Inquisition. expects the Spanish Inquisition. Amongst our weaponry are such diverse elements as fear, surprise, ruthless vigilance, and almost fanatical devotion to the Pope and nice red uniform. Oh!
didn't expect the Spanish Inquisition, you expected the Glover's Inquisition. Shoots up through the stony and that's what you got. No space to in this we hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have, please join us again next week when another Glover is under the spotlight. The traffic is stuck. And you're not moving anywhere. You thought you found a friend to take you out of this place. Someone you could lend a hand in return for grace. It's a beautiful.